Jane was six months old, going on seven months. And little did I know, whilst I was running around, making sure the event was going smoothly, I was pregnant with my second born. Not only was I pregnant with my second born, but I was 12 weeks pregnant. So that was my first trimester completed. And I did not know. And I was just like, wow, I'm going to be a mother of two under two. I'm literally planning my return to work. I'm very career driven. I'm just getting a hang of this motherhood stuff. Now you're telling me I'm going to, I'm expecting number two. It was a lot for me to take in. I saw like the dirty clothes on the, um, in a pile on the corner of the kitchen. And I just looked out the window and I just burst into tears. But then in that moment, when the midwife walked in, you know, she was like, oh, mom, you're looking great. I instantly thought, okay, I need to keep up this appearance. I need to be great. And I didn't open up. I don't want to be seen as the black mom that can't handle her emotions. And once we are being classed as that, you know, we have those additional pressures that are we going to be looked into? What's going to happen to my children? Um, am I going to have appointments after appointments with all these different people because they feel like I'm I'm not capable enough to look after these children? All those additional pressures that you know a black mum would go through, you know, you 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 instantly close off, and then you've got the culture. My parents, up until now, even with the Motivational Mums Club they still don't get <laughs> what prenatal mental health is, you know, and it's just that generation. Do they really actually understand the, the, the depths of it and how far it can go? My answer is no. Having a baby is meant to be the most joyful time of your life. But for many mums and dads, it can be the hardest and at times the darkest of places. Welcome to Blue Mondays the podcast for anyone struggling with parenting. Today's guest is Christina Brown, founder of the Motivational Mums Club and Young Positive Minds. As an HR generalist, mental health advocate and mother, Chrissy raises awareness of mental health within mothers and mums-to-be, as well as provide children with the tools to deal with their emotions. She aims to empower mothers of all types through networking and sharing experiences. Alongside this, she is a Make Birth Better champion. Good morning, Chrissy. Thank you so much for joining us. Hello. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? I'm very well, thanks. The sun is shining. It's a, a beautiful winter morning. Yeah, it was quite icy outside when I was dropping the kids' um, nursery. Yeah, every morning Stanley goes to school when it's icy. He's on his scooter and uh, he tends to be a bit of an evil Knievel. So <laughs> it's always a bit touch and go as to whether he's going to make it in one piece. <laughs> They always find a way to make it in one piece. These kids, they do, don't they? <laughs> yeah. So um, thank you so much for, for joining us. I really appreciate your time this morning. I would love to start off by asking you about your, your sort of experiences when you were first pregnant with your, your son, because you had quite a time of it, didn't you? I did. I did. I mean, um, so I, so just to give you a bit of background about me. Um, I was very fortunate to um, get a job as soon as I left university. Um, I got my first role um, within Pearson International. Um, where at Pearson International, I ended up getting a um, development, pro I was on a development program with Goldman Sachs. 
Wow. Um, yes. So that was brilliant. And it gave me at a very young age what kind of industry I wanted to get into. So, you know, with Pearson International, it's a media industry. It's very more um, relaxed than the investment banking side. So I decided at that time, after leaving university, I'm going to sway more into the media industry. So I was at, um, after Goldman Sachs, I went back to Pearson International. I was in, I was in, the, I was in the communications team um, as an assistant. So really gaining a great understanding on how to communicate with, um, with, with employees, um, newsletters, um, the way to engage with them, writing skills. It was a great experience. Um, but I always knew I wanted to get into HR. So at the time, no longer the case now, but Pearson International owned the Financial Times. And I saw a role there um, that was advertised within the HR department. So I instantly applied and I got it as a HR, um, HR intern, um, temporary, but really to focus within the recruitment area, within a department, which was going through a lot of change. Um, that was really, again, great experience for me having that ambition to get into HR where I really had to understand how to recruit how to manage stakeholders um, when I've got my um, information from the stakeholders how do I execute that and make sure I deliver in regards to them sourcing the right individuals yeah for the team so that was great amazing um, but again as I mentioned it was only temporary I was doing that for three four months um, and then they decided to make me permanent, but not within the department I was looking after then, but to move me to the editorial department um, to work very closely with the HR manager. And the editorial department was at the time over, had over 800 journalists. And wow. I was also looking after journalists that were overseas as well, along with the HR manager. So I managed anything from onboarding, offboarding, recruitment, um, amendments to contract, the payroll, you name it. Anything so pretty full on. Very full on. But then again, as I, um, as I mentioned, I was very, I still am at the time, very ambitious. Um, I was there as a um, coordinator. I then got promoted to the HR officer. I was at the Financial Times for three, almost four years. And I decided it's time, it was time to move on. And I landed my, I landed a HR advisor role um, at Societe Generale um, at the time. And I was looking after the private, um, the private banking side. I then got a promotion and moved into the corporate banking side. Um, and this happened very quickly. And again, as I mentioned, very career um, driven, very ambitious, um, wanted to climb up that ladder very quickly. And um, I met my partner, my now partner, you know, the rest is history there in regards to me, you know, getting pregnant with Zane, my firstborn. And that was a brilliant, I mean, I, it was just everything I wanted and more. Um, but the first trimester was, you know, quite rocky. I had um, a lot of in-between bleedings. So at one point I thought I was actually having a miscarriage because I was seeing um, blood clots. Um, so the first trimester was very, was quite traumatic for me. Mm. 
this baby I wanted so um you know I dreamed of I didn't know if I was going if I was losing the baby or not um and every time I did go to you know the early pregnancy ward they'll do the internal scans because the baby was quite small at the time they couldn't do the external one yeah so they always had to do the internal scan um and every time they would always reassure me to say everything's fine um I kept this to myself but little did I know that it's not normal but it's very common really yes I was very fortunate I only ever had one miscarriage but I remember that the trauma of you know when you see blood you're terrified yeah. you know especially in your first pregnancy exactly. and you don't know what to expect and you know um you know me being from um an African background Ghanaian um I can only speak on my culture, of course. You know, yeah. The first, the first twelve weeks is very critical, and you know, I'm and I, I'm sure I'm I'm black British, and even with you know um, other British nationals, they they say you know yeah they keep it to themselves for twelve weeks, but you know with my culture, I've always my mum's always been like you know keep it to yourself, don't say anything even beyond um, the first trimester. Really. You know, a little bit into the second, that's when you start announcing it. Um. So for me, I didn't speak, I wasn't able, I, I wasn't able to talk to no one about it because again, I had the pressures of the culture. You need to keep it to yourself, keep it quiet. But then yet, I didn't know if I was losing this child or not. And I had questions that I wanted to talk to other, you know, mm. mothers that have gone through it. You know, is this normal? Did you go through it? Tell me about your experience. So after 13 weeks, I was very lucky for the bleeding to stop. And I was able to enjoy my pregnancy with saying, mm and start talking to people and Good. letting people know that yes I'm pregnant as you say enjoy and, and relax yeah that's where I started relaxing um Vicky honestly I did um and you know fast forward had saying you know safe delivery it wasn't complicated at all um yeah had saying and, that, and he was ha- happy and healthy baby. Oh, very happy, healthy baby. I mean, Zane, even up until now, he's always jumping off the walls. I mean, he's always been like that. He's just amazing. That's just a boy. <laughs> boy, exhausting, but, you know, I wouldn't trade it for the world. Um, so when I had Zane, I was at home. And a lot of my friends, they had their babies and they were back at work. So I was the only friend that was really at home with a newborn. Mm. So I really wanted to get out. I really wanted to network. So that's where Motivation of Mums was born. I hosted my first event um, when Zane was six months and um, had ladies come on stage with a host to talk about their experience with, um, at, um, in motherhood. So had someone speak about stillbirth experience and you know now she's um, got two beautiful children um, talking about how now she can have her light at the end of the tunnel, but how she still deals with that pain yeah yeah also someone that came and spoke about domestic violence a real advocate for that get out when you can and then talking about her experience and she does not shy away from it she's amazing had someone else come and talk about being a single mom you know working and being an entrepreneur Uh, but now she's happily married and her husband takes in her son just like her um just like if he yeah. was yeah so you know different mothers coming on stage and sharing their experience it was it was amazing this sounds incredible but how the hell did you pull something off like that when you are a new mum yourself I literally I became a guru in Instagram I was stalking people 
I had the time, you know, literally going through pages. I was just like, oh my God, this lady, like, she's just, she had a stillbirth experience. I mean, now she's got, you know, kids. I mean, how did she get through it? Going into the DMs, you know, networking, saying, look, I want to host an event. Are you comfortable to come and be a, um, a speaker? You know, the women, well, they were more than welcoming to come um, to do it. So that's how I literally put it together. The energy I, uh, yeah, you must have had. I know. But my partner was also incredible because he's the one that actually, <laughs> I have to give him a little bit of credit. He's actually, he actually um, got the venue for me. So in, in regards to like where it was going to be hosted, he managed all of that because I've got the newborn. So yeah. I was literally just talking to the mummies and I've got a really good friend that, you know, she does presenting anyway. So in regards to get a presenter, that for me was a piece of cake. Yeah. So um, that was the event in a nutshell. And then I had another friend that, you know, she was starting up her own business. She's also a mummy doing absolutely great. Um, I have to bigger up. It's a sweet, it's a sweet, um, sweet life. She um, was, you know, starting up her own business. So I said, look, why don't you come and do a sweets table for the guests? And uh, ins- yeah, inspirational. Yeah. As, was, as well yeah it was like all these different mummies from different walks of life in one room networking it was amazing so can I can I just rewind just one second and just say so obviously you were feeling isolated yeah at home and that that need to to get out and meet other mums but you must have been feeling quite emotionally well then to pull off an I event was, like that I was fine um yeah, I mean, I'm not add to that. I was completely fine mentally when I had Zane. Um, I had a lot, I had a good support system around me, as I mentioned, my partner. Not only uh, my partner, but my, my family and his family. So for me, I was fine with my firstborn, completely. Yeah. Had you been brought up around children? Yeah. Did you sort of kind of think this piece of cake... I know what to do. You were going to do a piece of cake. Absolutely not. I mean, um, looking at my cousins and my aunties and my friends in particular, I knew it was going to be challenging itself. Um, but then I had that support system that I can lean on. Um, and I was definitely taking on a lot of advice. What you know, when baby's sleeping, you make sure you rest. Um, and Zane, to be fair to him, he was really good during the night, anyways. He would always go down at a certain time, sleep for three, four hours give him a bottle, breastfeed, and he's down. He didn't have any challenges with Zane. Um, so when I was hosting, you know, going back to the event, when I was ho- when I put together the event, I should say, little did I know that I was expecting my second born. What? Now, this is where. My- Hang on. <laughs> oh, wow. So yeah, I'm trying to do the maths there. Giving <laughs> the side eye for anyone that's listening, Michael. <laughs> Jane <laughs> was six months old going on seven months and little wow. did I know whilst I was running around making sure the event was going smoothly I was pregnant with my second born not only was I pregnant with my second born but I was 12 weeks pregnant so that was my first trimester <sighs> completed and I did not know so no, no signs, you didn't feel sick or anything like that? You know, I have to be honest. I, I mean, this is why I'm here. I, I'm, I want to be honest. 
I was too busy looking after Zane. I was too busy, you know, keeping my household together that I wasn't keeping a track on my cycle. Yeah. Gonna hold my hands up, you know, that that would that's the honest truth. I did I did not keep a track on it. I was too busy being a new um, and yeah. And and also if you're breastfeeding, yeah, sometimes that can affect you're, you're bleeding anyway, your monthly yeah. cycle. I mean, like I said, it's eight or six months. For the first three months, I didn't have a period anyways. Um, you know, the fourth month it did come, but it was very light, you know, nothing major. Fifth month, yeah. didn't have anything. The sixth month, there was a little bit like spotting and I didn't keep track after that when I think yeah. about it. Um, so this, um, so my first event was November. Yeah. It took about November. Um, you know, now it's December. Uh, it's Boxing Day. I'm at home with Zane and my partner after having a really nice um, Christmas. Um, and I took a, I took a sip of um, wine and it just didn't sit well with me. And mm. then my partner decided to turn around to say, oh, actually to think about it, you you do look a bit different. So I, was, I turned around and I was like, excuse me? I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean? Yeah. It was like, you got this glow. He was like, you, you, you look like you were pregnant with Zane. I was just like, oh, come off it. I was like, just. <laughs> <laughs> no, he was like, literally, I, th- I think you need to go and get a test. I was like, no, no, no. Wow. So he'd sort of kind of noticed a, a difference. Yeah. Vicky, no, you know men already. I mean, he only noticed it when I couldn't, I wasn't able to, you know, drink my wine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ironically. Um, so... He said, you know, I'm going to go down and get a test for me, bless him. And we literally went down to co-op where we were living at. So on Boxing Day? Yeah, he went wow. down and got a, a pregnancy test for me. He got like the, you know, the cheap, you know. Yeah, yeah. And I literally went to the toilet, took the test and I saw two pink lines. And I felt like everything just stopped for a second. I was, I was just like, what? How? You know, and then I've got him like knocking on the door, you know, um, babe, what's going on? What's the results? And <laughs> I broke the test and put it into the bin. I was like, oh, babe, I think this is faulty. I'm going to go to Clear Blue. <laughs> I'm going to go and get myself a Clear Blue test. I don't know why got this, you know, I'm just throwing it back on him. I was like, why did you get this brand anyways? So he was like, oh, I was like, let me just take Zane, you know, for a little stroll. And I told him, I'll just yeah. this walk to Asda because he got, he got the first test from co-op downstairs. Yeah. Yeah. So I decided to go for a long walk and I was just like, no, this can't be. This can't be. No. What were you thinking at that moment? It can't be. Yeah. <laughs> so I literally went to go and get um the clear blue test. And um, you know, my partner was like, okay, are you going to do it now? And I said, no, probably it's best for me to do it tomorrow morning. You know, the first um, the first urine they say is always the, the best one. He was like, all right, fine. Um, didn't say nothing to him then. I'm just thinking I was in denial. So the following morning, 27th, um, took the clear blue test and it came back four, four plus weeks. Wow. Just like four plus weeks. So I was looking at the leaflet to figure out, you know, how far could I be? And he said, if it says four plus weeks, it could be anything from like, you know, six, eight weeks. And I was just like, no. Jeez. So I, you know, again, I did it in the morning. So I booked my appointment. I literally called up my GP instantly after selling my partner and he he was very he was very happy to um, bless him 
but I was just like I need to figure out how far I am now that you know this is saying again yes I'm pregnant um went in saw my GP um this was like literally the next day so this is happening very quickly for me yeah and he was like okay so when was your last cycle and I was just like really uh you're really asking me that question because right now I'm going to be completely honest with you I don't know so he was like okay that's fine but you need to give me some sort of you know estimate so I was like okay so I remember giving him some a, a date I can't remember and he said okay fine it looks like you may be 10 weeks and I was like 10 weeks yeah that was based on the on the date I gave him I was like 10 weeks he was like yeah roughly that he was like look um we need to refer you to the early pregnancy ward as soon as possible only because they need to understand how far I am so I said and he was like you know I need to manage your expectation, I'll be honest with you, but it does look like you you are definitely over eight weeks. He did say that. He was like, I need, so, but he was like, how far I am exactly? He doesn't know, but he's going to refer me to the, um, to the ward. So, you know, the following week, I went with Zane and my partner, um, took, this, took the scan. I just remember laying there and the midwife was just so happy. She was like clicking away saying, oh yeah, this is looking good. And I'm just staring up, staring up to the ceiling thinking, oh my goodness, can we just get to the best bit? How far yeah. am I? Yeah, know? yeah. Tell me what I need to know. Tell me. She was like, yeah, mom, this looks fine. Yeah, okay. And, you know, and then I heard the heartbeat and I was just like, oh my heartbeat? Goodness. Yeah, because when I heard that heartbeat, I was just like, no, I'm quite far ahead. Yeah. Yes. Um, even though I felt like as soon as I heard the heartbeat I was just like oh my gosh I was like what well, hold on can't put, can't go. hold on put Chrissy wait oh you're quite hang on <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so she even said yeah mum you're 12 weeks I was like 12 weeks and I, and I, and I just remember saying that's my first trimester done. gone yeah. yeah she said yeah she's like you are you are, I just, you are in your second trimester. And I just remember turning around. I felt like everything was a slow-mo for a second for me. Turning around to my partner and he was just jumping with um, for joy with my son in his hands. And I was just like, wow, I'm going to be a mother of two under two. Yeah. Then he just turned seven months. I'm literally planning my return to work again. I'm very career and driven. Yeah. This is all in December. This is happening, by the way. January, I already had a meeting with my manager to talk about my return to work. I'm just getting a hang of this motherhood stuff. Now you're telling me I'm gonna. I'm expecting number two. It was a lot for me to take in, and then that's where mm. the motivational moms club took a turn. Yeah. For me putting together events. Little did I know in that moment, Motivational Bombs was reborn again. So I remember, you know, going home and I was just like, you know, trying to get my head around. I just remember being in the kitchen. I was just like, how, how, how? But you know what? Let's move. It is what it is. Let's just push on. We know what we're dealing with now. Remember going, um, you know, fast forward, it's January. I'm sitting down in a meeting with my manager. And I had Zane with me because that was the first time she she was um, she met Zane. Yeah. Um. And I just said, you know what? I have to be honest with you. She was like, what? And I said, yeah. I said, I'm I'm expecting again, and I'm 12 weeks. So realistically, we're looking at me coming back not for long. 
four or five yeah yeah that that must have been quite hard conversation for you to have yeah it was I was I was filled with anxiety I was just like I don't know what what I'm doing now so um it looks like my career is going to go on a complete standstill for a while um so she was like don't worry about it it's fine um I'm I'm in, I'm in HR. I should know how this goes. I do this on a regular basis. So, yeah. So I came, I went back to work and for me, it didn't feel right. And this is where I, my mental health um, took a, took a turn because I felt like I was losing myself. I was losing my identity. Um, I didn't know who Christina was because again, I had everything planned and I've always been a planner. I'm going to go back to work. I'm going to go back on that ladder mm. slowly but surely. But then now I've got a baby. Um, but then I'm not going to lose Christina um, when it comes to my career. And I felt like I was because I was going to work, doing my nine to five, and I was just doing the standard. And that's not me at all. I'm always used to going beyond, delivering beyond. Um, yeah. But I was just doing you know, the standard, I'm just going to do what I need to do for the day and I'm going home. I'm going home and I'm exhausted. I'm pregnant, of, of course. I'm going home to a toddler. And you've got a tiny, <laughs> tiny little one. I've got a toddler, you know, and he, as soon as he sees mommy come through the door, he just wants to, he just wants a, a cuddle and I want to cuddle him too. But I just need to sit down and, you know, get my breath back again. Um, yeah. I want to go and eat. He wants to also eat. All those things that, you know, us women do. I'm wearing, I'm wearing my mummy hat, my partner hat, a daughter hat, a sister hat, a colleague hat, all the many hats that we wear as women. Uh, but the hat that I wasn't wearing was the Christina hat, my identity. Yeah, yeah. And just, just, just thinking sort of for a moment how that must have felt, you know, at the end of the year after Christmas and as you're entering New Year, you tend to you know you can't help but think of the year ahead yeah and what that might look like and as you were saying you're a planner so you probably had this kind of vision of what was going to happen that year and then you're thrown everything's thrown you know joyful news but a heck of a shock you know with the timing yeah and did you feel your identity was wrapped up with your career and what you were achieving in the workplace yes at the time yeah because I've always wanted to be a business partner which is you know equivalent to a manager um and of course in the investment banking that's where the money is so for me I was that was my goal at the time me having Zane but then again you know that was interrupted and the way for me to gain that experience of course you know when business partners they end up getting pregnant and then there's an opportunity for, you know, the senior advisor or HR advisor to step into that role and get a feel of yeah. being that kind, being in that kind of position. So I was literally, like you said, I'm, I've always been a planner and I had that vision. Um, but then there was no way for me to actually apply for, you know, a maternity cover when I'm expecting myself and I'm going to be going. It's too disruptive, number one. And um, two, even if I am to be offered that role, Again, I'm exhausted. I'm, I'm, you know what I said. I'm only doing the standard, so it wasn't right mm. for me to do with that, anyways. Um, was your boss supportive? Oh, she was brilliant. She was absolutely brilliant. She was, um, 
And every time when we had our meeting, she was like, yeah, I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. Um, but I knew within myself, I'm not just doing fine. Because even when I was walking out the door, heavily pregnant with Zane, I got promoted. Wow. I, yeah. That's how career driven I was. I just remember, you know, my my final week, you know, I had like five of my colleagues say, what, Chrissy, this is really your year. You're expecting, you've got the man of your dreams. Because they, I was always talking about my partner. Um, and now you've just got a promotion and you're about to go and enjoy your maternity leave. You're on fire. Yeah. So, you know, I, that's what I was used to. So coming back, being pregnant, again, I was losing myself. Like, what am I doing? Yeah. But um, well, fast forward, August came, gave birth to Ellie, my um, daughter. Um, she's gorgeous. Oh, absolutely gorgeous. Um, every parent says that about their children, don't they? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she is gorgeous anyways. Um, and yeah, there, there I am with two under two. Um, and we just moved into a new place, a bigger place, because obviously the family's growing. Um, and you know my school system they were there and I just remember standing by my sink you know with my daughter with my uh, mother-in-law and saying you know he's running around I was just looking in the um I was in again by the sink I saw like the dirty clothes on the um in a pile on the corner of the kitchen and I just looked out the window and I just burst into tears I just burst into tears and I just in that moment, my partner just happened to walk, um, walk in the kitchen and he saw my eyes was tearing. He was like, babe, what's wrong? And I was like, you know what? I don't know. I, I, I don't know. And he was like, he was like, relax. You know, he was reassuring me. He was like, you need to rest. You're probably tired. And I said, yeah, it's that. But I can't put my finger on it. I'm just. Something more. Something more. Yeah. So he was like, look, just go upstairs, rest, which I did, um, woke up, felt a bit better. Um, but, uh, you know, I remember that night he was like, literally talk to the um, the midwives when they come yeah. and visit. And I said, yeah, I will. Um, but then in that moment, when the midwife walked in, you know, she was like, oh, mom, you're looking great. I instantly thought, OK, I need to keep up this appearance. I need to be great. And I didn't open up. So I remember the midwife, she left and, you know, my partner was like, did you speak to her? And I said, oh, no. And he was like, why? And I said, well, you know, she walked in and she said, I look great. And I don't want to, you know, I don't want to be seen as the black mom that can't, mm. that can't, you know, keep handle her emotions. I haven't spoken to no one about this. Is this normal? Um, you know. And again, that sort of, as, as you say, that, that cultural pressure about keeping it inside. And I think so many of us mums have that that sort of feeling that we need to put on a front that everything's okay or maybe we're scared to admit to ourselves how we're feeling and you know frightened by how we're feeling but do you think there is that additional cultural pressure absolutely absolutely um you know black mums they seem to be you know when we are expressing ourselves that probably we're coming across too aggressive yeah that's a and, that's a big one isn't it that's a classic yeah um probably we're not listening um where we don't feel like we're being listened to as much as we're trying to get our point across that's where you know the clashes do tend to come in oh we're, we're being too aggressive and that's not the case um and once we are being classed as that 
you know, we have those additional pressures that are we going to be looked into? What's going to happen to my children? Um, am I going to have appointments after appointments with all these different people because they feel like I'm I'm not capable enough mm. to look after these children? All those additional pressures that you know a black mum would go through. You know, you 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 instantly close off, and then you've got the culture, especially you know going back. I'm African. You know, my parents up until now, even with the Motivational Moms Club, um, they still don't get <laughs> what prenatal mental health is. You know, and it's just that generation. And this is why I feel like with a lot of the community groups that are coming out, they are you know raising awareness. They're breaking down that stigma. And it's our generation that will, when our children get older, we can filter it down to them where they can talk to us about their feelings. And, you know, there isn't that pressure that from a culture perspective, would would mom get it? So that's where I can see it's definitely being broken down. When it comes to the older generation, like my mom's generations, they, you know, they, they still don't get it. They are being educated. They are fully aware of it. But they, do they really actually understand the, the, the depths of it and how far it can go? My answer is no. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's so important to shine a light on the treatment of, of Black women in, in terms of birth and pregnancy and, and motherhood because there are some staggering statistics. Black mums are more likely to die in childbirth they're potentially more likely to suffer from perinatal illness but are less likely to be listened to or less likely to seek support and I think there's an awful lot to be to be done there and especially yeah that awful stigma of you know being seen as aggressive or confrontational when you're just being confident or assertive yeah and and that you're treated differently and it's something we need to absolutely raise understanding and awareness of because words words can really hurt words matter and how you're treated and especially when you're pregnant or giving birth that's when you are at your most vulnerable yeah and me not talking open up to the um midwife only because she made that statement and it was no fault of hers um I did eventually go and see my GP to talk about how I was feeling and I was just given this sheet this sheet just to answer it was a sheet of um with a list of questions um had is that a, the edinburgh test i think i think yeah and um he said how did you feel waking up this morning i mean if you want me to be completely honest with you i've got two under two i've got a toddler that is you know slowly getting there to sleep throughout throughout the night i've got a newborn baby that wants that it has to be attended to every two and a half three hours I'm exhausted if one way to be completely honest honest um did you feel like going for a walk no I, d- <laughs> I didn't again being honest I've got two under two I'm tired I just want to stay still um what did you eat for breakfast didn't finish my breakfast I've got two two very young babies so me just being honest and answering these questions the GP decided to say you know what um I'm going to give you antidepressants do I really need antidepressants? I feel like at the time, and I challenged him about it. And mm-hmm. going back to those stats, what you said about being seen as the angry black woman, I challenged him about it. I was like, well, hold on. Why do you feel like I need antidepressants? 
because and you know he gave me this long explanation about the answers that I saw and him putting into the system and based on this on his experience it looks like I'm going through some sort of depression Mm. I do not know that I need someone just to talk to is there any peer supports you know community yeah. groups that you know I can go and speak to other mummies that are you know they've just given birth probably I just need that is there a way that I can get counseling under the NHS you know and he said you know he came back and he said well the, the I can, he can definitely put me on the list he won't hold that away from me but um, the waiting list is anything up to two to three years well that's not going to do oh anything. my god yeah and I just remember walking out collecting the antidepressants and I got back home and I was sitting by my um, sitting at my dining table the kids were sleeping and I was just looking at it I don't know mm. how long to be honest with you Vicky I just remember it was for a long period of time I was just looking at the antidepressants I was just looking at it and I decided no I'm not going to do this I'm not I put it aside I completely put it aside and I you know I was just scrolling through my Instagram page and I haven't been on my motivational moms page for a long time and I just remember motivational moms it just popped up and I was just like hold on I'm gonna come back because motivational moms went on a standstill obviously mm. actually because I got pregnant again gone back to work I didn't have the time so now I'm back on, mater- back on maternity leave went back onto motivational moms and I remember um, making an announcement saying, I'm back, I've gone through my own experience. When the time is right, um, I will slowly let everyone in into my journey. But for now, the motivation of moms is going to take a turn and look into prenatal, um, you know, prenatal mental health. And their response was incredible. And that's where I decided I'm going to encourage, you know, um, positive affirmations for, um, for mothers you know keeping it real about you know what mm. motherhood um at its you know complete being raw about it you know women coming back saying I can relate this and that um and I was like you know I'm gonna actually turn this into something and I came across this amazing um lady and you know she was always very engaging with the posts and I went onto that page and I followed her and I noticed she was an NHS mental health specialist and she yeah. was a mum so I went straight into her, you know, me being the, you know. Networker. Like I am. Went back into the DMs and introduced myself. And I was like, look, let's have a chat. Because right now I want to, you know, change the direction of motivational moms. And she was up for it. And I told her about my experience. And she told me about the additional work she does within the community. And I said, hold on. This is an opportunity for us to partner together. Yeah, yeah, definitely. She, you know, after a lot of brainstorming, we said, why don't you we offer free mental sessions under the Motivational Moms Club? And yeah. we'll be, you know, conducting it. And she said, absolutely. Oh, that's incredible. Uh, she, I mean, she's amazing. Um, and we started offering free mental health sessions for mothers and, and birthing people. And only when we were conducting these, of course, keeping everything confidential, we were, you know, getting feedback back from these mummies and birthing people about their experience and stats. And I decided whilst I had the psychologist there giving out these sessions and the back end, I was producing these reports and summaries of what we were doing and I was making it public. And that's where motivational mums took a turn. Yeah. And that's where we are right now. Um, 
But whilst all of that was happening, I had my children to deal with and I wanted to do something for them. And when it comes to positive affirmations, we can let them become resilient. Because going back to what we were saying, that with the generation, the older generation, you know, what do they know about mental health? And we need to make sure that in regards to making sure that stigma is being broken slowly but surely. Absolutely. We need to filter it down to the future. And that's our children. Um, so I had an idea, didn't know exactly that, um, you know, what it was when Eliana was born. You know, I'm going to do something for these kids at the same time. But then it was only when the pandemic happened, I really understood what my idea was. And that was Young Positive Minds, to give children the, um, the tools to become resilient, increase self-love and boost confidence. And not only do I, um, you know, create products like flashcards, um, growth, um, growth mindset stickers, wrapping paper, and, you know, fingers crossed, lots more to come this year, but also to conduct workshops in schools after school clubs amazing well. um, amazing it's so important because yeah. yeah children's mental health is is like a real passion of mine and there is such a need and the thing that I've really learned from talking to some incredible parents on this podcast journey is how because we as parents have gone through times of negative mental health that we are empowered to encourage our children to talk about how they're feeling and bring them up in a in a way where it's it's fine to talk about your emotions and it's giving them the tools for emotional resilience naturally so actually our fears of being not good enough parents that we have you know when we're going through perinatal illness it's actually the reverse we're probably better parents because we're having these discussions early on with our children yeah totally agree um and of course the pandemic hasn't actually helped with the mental health for children as well you know oh the statistics are absolutely terrifying and I think before the pandemic children's mental health was suffering anyway because the uncertainty in the world and the additional pressures of social media and cyberbullying I mean it was bad enough when I was growing up you'd see you know models in magazines and celebrities and things like that but when it's thrown at you 24/7 about this is how you should be this is what you should be wearing this is how you should act this is what you should have attained in life by such and such time yeah. i think the pressures are far far greater of course and you know i mean one of the stats are that you know 1.5 million children are now predicted um to have extra mental health support as a result of the pandemic you know one in seven primary school um, age children um, had a diagnosable mental health illness in 20 in 2020 and this has increased from um, from one in 10. It breaks my heart but it's wonderful to know that that organizations such as as yours is doing something to help with that because it's it's going to be a massive I mean Early intervention and like, as you say, putting those positive affirmations in building that emotional regulation and emotional resilience is so important to preventing further mental health difficulties further down the line. Yeah. What you're doing is so important and sharing your story and sharing all of our stories is so crucial to helping increase understanding and raising awareness and getting rid of that stigma because 
there shouldn't be a stigma attached to it, but there still is. Do your children know that mummy was unwell? Have you ever spoken to them about? No, not yet. And um, only because they're too young to understand it. Um, when they get to, an, to a stage where I'm able, I, I, mean, I can see that I can talk to them about, you know, mummy wasn't coping very well after, you know, the second, um, after, you know, Ellie, then definitely that's a conversation I'll have in regards for them to know, you can always talk to me. Yeah. And not me, but also, you know, daddy as well, because he was also a part of the journey. We can't, you know, some women I know, there are single, they are, you know, single parents. I, I get that. Um, but then also with the um, mummies and birthing people that do have a partner, they're also very much a part of the journey as well. And we shouldn't forget about them. Definitely, definitely. Because it's easy for, for the partners to get, um, you know, forgotten about because everything is so focused on the on the um, individual that actually birthed the child but then they're also very much a part of it and this is why also going back to motivational moms I also work very closely with the NHS East London ELF um, where we are looking at the policies and procedures on for the birthing people um, and mothers but not only them but also support for their support system and partners if needs be, because they need to know where to go, how to recognise the signs, and also yeah. to, so they look after themselves as well, because it's such a huge burden to carry someone else's weight. But how are you feeling as well at the same time? Yeah, because often it's, you know, if there's been a traumatic birth, there's the effect on, on the partner. Yeah. And also it's got to be hard, you know, for your partner to see you suffering like that. And did your partner sort of fully understand how you were feeling when you were at your lowest did um, he have a sense of mental health difficulties at the time no so when I was standing by that sink by my by my sink and I actually burst into tears he probably didn't know right there and there that you know mentally I'm probably you know losing myself because the, again, it goes back to me, you know, lose my identity. What am I really doing? I don't know what, I uh, don't know what, what direction I'm going at. I'm looking after everyone else and it's my joy. I love it. But then I also want to be me too. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. And that's so important to emphasize. I think what you're saying will resonate with so many mums out there, mums especially, because you do feel you lose a sense of yourself. And even from those early health visitor or midwife visits the focus is always on your baby yeah and not on you you know I, I remember times when I just felt like a milk machine and it was you know everything was about my son and you know so it should be but I felt like I didn't matter yeah that I didn't matter to anybody so I think my own sense of importance just you know just went yeah. and it is so important to get your mojo back yeah and the thing is I think I just want to add to that what you said you know we don't have a chance to be still we don't we're always constantly on the move where we don't even realize at 
at times how we're feeling because we're too busy making sure everyone else around us is okay. spinning those plates yeah yeah you know where you know the school runs as soon as it hits a certain time in the morning you need to be out the door you come back in you want to have a cup of you want to probably sort out the house you need to go and probably fill up the fridge you know yeah you realize it you know okay it looks like we're going to pick up the kids come and pick up the kids they walk in, they're throwing their bags and clothes and jackets everywhere. So you're kind of like, hello, welcome to the mess. Yeah. You want to be fed. And before you realize it, it's bedtime. Bedtime's probably, um, you know, sometimes could go smoothly, can be a nightmare. It can and be absolutely horrendous. Realize <laughs> it, it's probably 10 o'clock and you're just sat down. And, you know, before you're like, okay, I've got a second for myself, you just slowly see yourself probably like falling asleep. Yeah. You don't have time to be still. Um, and it's okay to be still and that's where motivational moms comes into um, play where to be still you're actually talking to someone from the comfort of your own home at the moment and if you do need to talk to someone um, you know in person there is that option to do so Um, so yeah just really wanted to add that that we need to learn how to be still and if that's to be still for half an hour do it yeah it's so it's so important and um, I've just released a, an episode on self-compassion with Poonam Dufa of Yes Mate and exactly that you know it's about giving ourselves permission to to look after ourselves because we matter as well and be intentional with it yeah Self-care. yeah you know we have to be as parents because um this is a this is a life job and yeah. we, wouldn't, we wouldn't trade it for the world so we need to be intentional about it when it comes from a self-care um, element. Enjoy, enjoy, you know, looking after yourself. If it's going for a walk around the block, do it. If it's for you to go and get your hair done, as soon as you've got your hair done, don't rush back home. Take your time and go home. <laughs> yeah. You know. Go for a coffee, get a magazine. Exactly. Um, you know, once you go, you get your nails done. Don't rush off home. Take your time. It, it would always get done. And that's one thing I've learned. Um on my motherhood journey and this is why now I will say probably early last year I finally found me again and I've and I'm, I've never been in a great place mentally and that is giving myself grace give yourself grace as a parent things will get done eventually it may not happen in the time scale that you want it to happen because going back to me always being a planner I've learned how to throw that out the window. I can't plan. Yeah, being a parent. I I can't. (laughs) I've got that I need to work around. And unfortunately, they're the boss. You know, just know that whatever I want to do, it will get done. Definitely. I think that's such a great lesson and and such an important one to to share because I think so many mums feel guilty doing anything for themselves. And actually, that should be a priority as well. I remember the first time Stanley went to a childminders and it was just for a couple of hours, but I just didn't know what to do with myself. And that was the perfect opportunity to have like a coffee and a magazine. But I just, I kind of felt like my purpose had gone and I felt really guilty doing something just for myself. It felt very selfish and indulgent, but it's so important. And it's, it's so important. We don't lose ourselves of who we were before we were wife, girlfriend, partner mother and and, you know that's so important it really is and I think everything you're doing with the motivational mums club is so inspiring and I think it's a fantastic 
resource for anybody who who needs to meet like-minded mums or get a bit of of talking therapy well where can they get hold of you um so my instagram uh, motivation and mums club website www.motivationandmumsclub.com um, and that is where we um you fill out a form if you want to receive the free mental health sessions now originally the lady that did um offer it of course she had a great opportunity and within the nhs and got promotion so um she's taken a step back however the team has grown and now we've got two psychologists um working for the motivational master to provide free mental health sessions so not only have we grown in team but we have the opportunity to help as many birthing people and mothers as possible um so i'm very proud of that so um that is motivational moms and for young positive minds is at young dot positive minds and again going back to the same website which is www.motivationalmomsclub.com fantastic you've been such an inspiration and um just before you go just one thing that i felt we haven't covered was when I had a, an initial chat when we first spoke, you mentioned that mums are actually entitled to counselling through the NHS. Yes. And this is something I didn't realise. Oh, I didn't realise that too. And it's not... Um, it, it... So basically, the first year after giving birth, every mother is entitled to mental, to um, counselling under the, under the NHS. Wow, that is by not known. Law, yeah, by law, you are entitled to free counselling and you can get that very quickly. Instead of joining the, you know, the, the never-ending, you know, li- waiting list, which, you know, everyone needs it. Not everyone on the waiting list is just there. They actually need it. But, you know, if you've given birth within the first year, you are entitled to get your counselling and it, and it is quite a speedy process. I mean, at the end, I can send you the link and of course you can, you know, spread it. Well yeah, I'll pop that in the show notes. Thank you. Yeah. Take it from us. Talking does help. Counselling really, really does help. So mm-hmm. if you've never had counselling before, it can seem quite a scary thing, but it really is a safe space. It's totally non-judgmental. And just actually being able to, tell somebody how you're feeling somebody who's not related to you in any way they're totally objective it's just actually talking and getting those emotions out and and putting them into words is a, a, an incredibly cathartic healing process mm-hmm. so you know help is out there and uh, there is hope and you're not going to always feel this way yeah. there is hope and you will get your mojo back like you clearly have oh yeah and like i said i mean you know, for me, it was losing who I am and everyone in time would eventually realise what's best for them. But for me, it was literally, you know, my passion, which is helping mothers with their mental health because I went through it. Um, and I don't want anyone to feel like they can't get help. Um, and that's why, you know, Motivation Moms is there and Young Positive Minds. Um, and it made me realise what I want to do with myself. And that is to really 100% focus on, you know, my businesses. Um, and now my HR career is on a standstill because I've decided to go on a career break to really focus on my businesses. Because from last year, it's been gro- it's been going from strength to strength. And let me see where it takes me. And that's where I've put my HR career at a standstill, been on a career break. 
and now I'm fully putting 100% into my businesses and we'll see where it goes. I can't wait to see what you do this year. I think there's great things ahead. So uh, thank you so much for your time today and your your honesty and bravery and in, in sharing your story. It's much thank appreciated. Thank you for having me. Oh, thank you so much. You've been amazing. If you enjoy this episode of Blue Mondays, please rate and subscribe. It only takes a minute, but it genuinely makes a difference to how many people can find it, which means helping more parents in need. Thank you.